Ah, uh, they're all white dudes with beards. They wear plaid shirts with jeans, New Balance sneakers. I would mostly bald. Oh, I, w- I almost fit in there. Outside is cold now, but it will warm some later. Books! <laughs> So growing up, there was this appliance store. It was called A1 Appliances. Zero credits. And they, like every little shop, had a jingle. And it went, you're the one at A1. You're the one at A1. And that always left me thinking, who's the A? And welcome back to Zero Credits. My name's Henry... And my name is John, also the show where we talk about things. Oh, I got so nervous. That was an original joke by me, yours truly, and together we're Henry and John coming at you with the jokes and the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. But Henry, you tell a joke every week and it's called this podcast, Pagliacci. (laughs) You are the clown. But doctor, I am the podcast. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to recommend that you go see a physical therapist. You've got hip osteoarthritis, but doctor, I I am a physical therapist. <laughs> That's not yeah, a good joke. It's not really Even barbers joke. have yeah, to get their hair cut. Barbers have to get their... You'd think that they could just do surgery on themselves. That's illegal. Really? Self-surgery? Self-surgery is illegal. Even the one where you put a magnet in your fingertip? Huh? So, uh, let me talk to you a little Remember bit. Remember when they did surgery on a grape? <laughs> God damn it. You tried to put surgery on a grape in the podcast when it was still barely clinging to the cultural consciousness. You and cannot bring back surgery on a grape. And this week is brought to you by alcoholism. Yes, this week is brought to you once again by a little known beer that you may have never heard of called Live Oak Hefeweizen. And we will drink it till we die. Probably. We might get new beer. One uh, day. Like a, oh, I thought this was like a, a promise. Ooh, what if we got sponsored by a beer company? I would be super happy. And you know how we're going to do this? We're going to go to Total Wine. Yes. We're going to hang out with all those, you know, those sample people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're girls, sometimes they're guys. No judgment. <laughs> and hang around there and just be like, hey, they're like, do you want to sample? Be like, do you want to sponsor us? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, what was that guy, that Pearl Vodka? Is Re- that No, Real Good Vodka. Real Good Vodka? Yeah. Oh. Wait, there was a belligerent Total Wine guy to you once, Oh, right? no, no, that was at Specs. Oh, I see. At Specs, there was like a Pearl Beer? Pearl Beer. You oh, because you want Pearl Snap? You wanted Pearl <laughs> Beer. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, I, remember, so I think good. I told that story on the podcast. Why am I doing it again? Uh, no, I just wanted to do like a sweet callback. Is today the callback day? Most of the enjoyment of a podcast is it's like a simulation of having a pleasant conversation. If only people knew how much we detested each other. I know. Uh, and like the, the 30 minutes that we record before each podcast is just filled with insults flying back and forth that somehow turns into improv games. I uh, The real shame here is that uh, we're drinking the Live Oak Hefeweizen, which is one of my favorite beers. I'm a huge Hefeweizen person. I love a weedy beer. I like beers that taste weedy up front, like bread. Like Live Oaks Primus, which tastes like a very bready banana bread. There's some beers that literally taste like a loaf of bread, and some people 
don't like that. Now, the shame of it all is I actually went to a social engagement over the weekend where I was tasked to, and I don't know if you've ever been to a party where they do this, but I was told to bring my own beer. Oh, one of those bawabs. Yeah, those bawabs. There are whole parties themed around bawab, and it's just... Kind of insane to, a, a concept to wrap your head around. I, I really couldn't believe it, so I went to our local uh, Howard Edward Butt uh, H-E-B grocery store, and I bought what something that is starting to show up on the shelves more and more often now, which is Polliner's Hefeweizen. Polliner's? Polliner's. P-A-U-L-A-N-E-R apostrophe S. I thought we were talking about bees. Uh, no, it is not bees, but it is one of, if not the finest Hefeweizen on the market. Polliner's is so good, and I can never find it unless it's springtime, and I was so happy to find it. And now this tastes okay in comparison. Yeah. The the niceness of Polliner's has robbed ruined. the beauty of the live oak Hefeweizen for me. It's funny how that happens, where you have your mainstay. Like, for years, I drank Andy Gator by Abita. Really good beer, very heavy, very, very dark, what I like. Uh, but then I tried any porter. Yeah. Any porter beer, and that kind of ruined Andigator, because, like, a porter has this dark, full body, this full flavor, this aroma that kind of draws you in. And Andigator, I, I found a comparison, was just kind of a simulation of that. Yeah, Andy Gator's like, uh, it's, it's, it doesn't know what it wants to be because it's dark, but it's also like high gravity. So there's no like smoothness or body to it. I mean, I think Andy Gator is a, is a fine beer, but your, your palate expands. It's still delightful and I will still partake in it when I can. But then like if I'm in a restaurant or at an Alamo draft house, it's going to be the 512 Pecan Porter because that's the only place I can get it. So I had a, a an experience where I felt like a full-blown trouble man. Oh, um, no. So when I was buying the Polliners at our local uh, Howard Edward Butt, Howard Entertainment Butt, I'm sorry, the E stands for entertainment. My middle name is Entertainment. My I, name's Howard Butt. I really, uh, I really pleased myself with that joke. Uh, but I was getting my Polliners... And I was also getting a 12-pack of White Claw. What is White Claw and why does it sound like a power move? White Claw is alcoholic seltzer water, so it's just boozy LaCroix with all the calories posted on it. Just, it's a, typically for any room, it's kind of a crowd pleaser, and I was bringing this to an event where people would just be drinking and watching something in silence. So I brought a bunch of that, and uh, as I was walking with my six-pack of expensive Heffy and my 12-pack of boozy LaCroix, I heard a, a, a woman next to her friend saying, I, I just don't know what all this stuff is. Do they even have beers like that here? What's a Breckenridge Vanilla Porter? Like she oh was, my gosh, really? She was looking at a list, and I said, hey, look, I know it's super weird if I butt in, but the Breckenridge Vanilla Ports on the other aisle is not refrigerated. That's usually where all the beers like that are. And they were so thankful. And they said, oh, you have no idea. This means so much. We're late to a Game of Thrones watch party, which uh, I was also going to. Nice. Uh, and then they they thanked me profusely and left. So, so wait. This is a question I have to ask because, well, that's a good story. I like that story. I just want to comment on the story oh, you told. No, that's totally I want to validate fair. your story before I selfishly jump to a new topic. Yes, please. So you went to a Game of Thrones watch party. I did. This is a topic that hugely interests me because I am an island. 
I like Iron Island. I, no, what Iron Island? Yes, I'm a Greyjoy. By right, what is dead and night? That's what they say, right? Yes, they what, say that. What is? I like I like experiencing my media. <laughs> what is funky may never be okay. Sorry. Anyway, continue. I like to consume my media unless it's a movie on my own. Like in a movie, I'll go to a movie theater. There are other people there. But, you know, there's this expectation no one will talk. With a television show, that's not necessarily the rule. However, from what you just said, I'm getting, like, an implication. Like, are there house rules? House Lannister rules where, like, no one talks? So the the house party, the, the watch party that we went to, it was a very nice mix because... Definitely, this show's 55 minutes long. Yeah, that's there a were, long time to be quiet, especially with booze. There were people who made jokes, there was the cracking of beers, but people generally had an air of pretty genuine appreciation for letting the story unfold. There were certain things that were just funny, uh, which I don't know how much I can talk about the actual show you without spoiling anything. Yeah, our, our anti-spoiler clause will stop you from talking about any... Particulars for another 50 to 40 years. But did you watch it? Of course. Yes, of course. There's one character who keeps showing up always in the same place, always silently looking at people. And the room thought that was hilarious, and we made some really good jokes about it. Uh, And one of them turned into like a tweet that someone made that got like a thousand retweets. It's very fun. Uh, Nice. I mean, it's minor viral. Uh, But still, look, look. I've been very active on our Twitter. Again, the shift stores completely. And uh, one of our tweets that I wrote got 15 likes. Jesus Christ. And I kind of wanted to jokingly say, oh, didn't know this was going to blow up so much. Please check out Zero Credits. Yeah. But I didn't want to betray those 15 people. (laughs) Yeah, I would not betray the trust of the 15. you got to have a very serious number of likes and retweets going on before you even play around with that shit. But I think that... Uh, so, would you recommend the watch party is my question. I would recommend the watch party only under very specific circumstances. I went into the watch party having two preconceived notions. Number one, I greatly dislike this television show uh, at this point, so people can say whatever. Yeah. Which I was pleasantly surprised by what I saw and might have slightly turned around. Other than someone said the line, a proposal is exactly what I'm proposing, and I wanted to cut my head off. Look, the writing has gone... We've talked about this Undoubtedly. The writing has dropped off immensely. I really love when two characters are catty towards each other for no reason other than to establish conflict. My favorite thing is when you start your episode by outlining the the problems that we're all going to be facing sometime in the next five episodes. Like, oh, hey, this bad thing's happening, this escalation thing's happening, and we're all out of food. Yeah. And also, we have no time for all this. And then the rest of the episode is, let's find time for all of our flirting. We gotta flirt. Yeah, it it was basically an episode of embraces, flirting, and cattiness. Like, there's a point in Mass Effect where, the video game's Mass Effect, where it's like, yeah, you gotta get that romance in, but you never get the payoff until you're flying to the final mission. Yeah. And it happens, like, in transit. It's not like, wait, hold on, the Reapers are here, but first... Garrus, let's make out. Yeah, which I mean, you know, everyone wants to make out with Garrus. 
And for uh, for all the shit Bioware uh, rightfully deserves for a lot of it, I thought that stuff was done relatively well. Yeah. But, I don't know, Game of Thrones writing is something we can't even talk about because it would require spoiling quite a bit of both yeah. the books and the show. And we're not going to do that. But the but watch party. The watch party. If you hate the show like I did, yeah. uh, you won't care what people say. But if you like the show and you know that the group will be relatively silent, I would recommend it. See, I don't know any groups. The only groups I know are you and your lovely girlfriend. Uh, I mean, we don't have HBO now, so our place is off limits. Uh, well, yeah, we could have a watch party here. You know, this person, I don't know if they're going to host again, so maybe we'll do a watch party here and do a bad version of one. We don't have to. Because I, 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 do, I do not like the show, what it has become, but I am immensely interested in how they're going to end it. Because these two writers, I don't know their names and I don't care to learn them, but they're on the precipice of the rest of their career. Mm -hmm. And there are rumors just flying around about them. Like, of course we know about their weird, what if the Civil War went the other way show that they pitched to HBO. Oh, you mean D.B. Weiss and David Benioff? Okay, is that their names? Yeah. I've been calling them D&D for the past eight years. Yeah, they really wanted to to make that weird, what if... the, the Alternate history is uh, scary, because alternate history allows for certain, not like radicalizations of history, but allows for certain viewpoints to seem correct or powerful, which if you made a show being like, what if the Civil War the Confederates won? Not a good, not, I don't, don't think, do it. Yeah, I don't think it's interesting to look at that. Yeah. But also, starting yesterday, rumors were flying about of the future of the Star War series. I don't know if you know about Star War. I might have heard of it. Yeah, well, Star War, there are rumors that the next decade is going to be plotted out by none other than Ryan Johnson and then those two writers. Uh, I'm happy about one-third of that equation. Same. Like, I, I'm immensely excited to see what Ryan Johnson can do when he's not picking up the pieces that other people have dropped and with a completely new set of characters and storyline and all that. Because I think he can do a really good job. What I am not excited to see, or maybe I'm hesitant to see, is what D&D do mm-hmm. without source material. Yeah, I want to see what D&D do or don't do with uh, the... Trying to think of a Star Wars word that starts with D. Droid. Droids. Droids. Dubaks. Dagobah. Dantooine. Dan Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. No. Close enough, though. Uh, no, I'm I'm very concerned about that, but I, I love me some Ryan Johnson. The 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 thing that DB Weiss and David Benioff D and D D and D the D and D Bros, uh, the Hammer Brothers. Uh, the problem that they're running into is something that I and it's been it has been promulgated through culture for the last I'm gonna say thirty maybe 40 years, and we, maybe this is the first time that we as Americans have really run into it seriously, because you have these people who are working off of a very set base material that releases on a certain schedule in a limited series, but the limited series by the nature of its very creation is going to go faster than something that's written, and it's what I like to call the anime dilemma. Yeah, like when anime catches up to the manga... Mm-hmm. And then they naturally have to do a bunch of shitty filler episodes that add nothing to character development or they're just weird fun things. 
I hate those episodes. Oh, absolutely. Look at, uh, I mean, even... Uh, Naruto. Was Naruto. One 90, Piece. 90% of Naruto is filler episodes. The uh, It was interesting what they did with Dragon Ball Z for the most part because they just said, let's have characters stand for longer. Yeah. Though sometimes they're like, let's have them get their driver's license. Oh. But, uh, best episode. The, the thing that we're seeing with the Game of Thrones is it has so outpaced the production of the actual written word which george rr R. martin is a historically glacial writer he does not write quickly yeah no his books are meticulously researched and plotted and rewritten over and over again uh so his books aren't going to come out fast and i applaud them for in seasons one and two for making a show that was basically just reading the books to you. Yeah, no. Like, they had the best scripts in the world. Because that, they had a thousand pages of scripts already written. That That's the one thing that sucked me into the series. Because I watched, like, two episodes of Game of Thrones. I was like, I can't really understand anybody. I can't keep track of these characters. I'm going to read the books. And so I read the first book. And then I went back and started the series over. I was like, this is one-to-one. Like, they're so close. They're just... Putting the book on screen, this is awesome. Yeah. And then seasons two and three and four happen, and like, oh. Two's pretty close. They're cutting characters out of the show. And and I feel like season one, they had the perfect template because season one is very parochial and contained within Winterfell as a whole. Within Winterfell and then yeah. at the wall. But book one is, it tells this very specific story with very limited characters. And then as the books branch out, they start like trimming the fat for the show. You start to see it get a little bit less connected. Season three, that happens more. Season four, you start to get worried. Season five of Game of Thrones is horse shit. (laughs) When I realized that they were going to continue to try to do a season per book or like a book per season... That's when the concern started because the first book is the shortest. And yeah. it fit that. The the length of the story fit the length of the season perfectly. But then like they kind of kept doubling in size, but the episode orders remained to 10 and it just quickly became, well if this is supposed to be a TV show, why aren't you taking your time with it to cover all of these details? Why all of a sudden can people fucking teleport? Yeah, I mean, if you have like 10 to 12 episode seasons, I could even see stretching Game of Thrones, the first book, out to two seasons. Yeah. And then I would say for the second book, Clash of Kings, that could be another two or three seasons in and of itself. Storm of Swords, the longest book at that point. Yeah, Clash of Kings is all, it covers an entire war. Yeah. The War of, like, Five Kings, or whatever it's called. Uh, Clash of Kings, you could tell one of the most amazing things about Clash of Kings was, like, the the stories behind the the war parties, and the caravans, and their strategic locations, and their occasional clashes. You could have... Because Rob's victory against the Lannisters was just an afterthought in the show. They showed that fight for a second, and yeah. then the outcome. But it's like, you could milk that... We're in season eight right now. We could still be in the third book. We could, honestly. And then they'd have two more books to work off of. Yeah. And I thought they were going to slow down. I honestly thought when they got closer to the end of the books, they were going to slow down and zoom in and take more time with it to allow maybe George R. R. Martin to finish the books. But then they were just like, well, no, we got the notes from George 
when we started, we met in a hotel room and talked for a good hour, and we kind of know where it's going. And from that point on, I was like, oh, so you guys are just, you're cashing in. They, they did the complete opposite, because what they did was, rather than going off of source material or slowing down away from to catch up, which uh, typically an anime creator would do, uh, they decided to uh, increase the speed of the plot to rush to an ending. And I would love to talk about the details, like how they solve certain problems that Martin has struggled with for years, but I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't caught up. No, but I would recommend the watch party uh, under very certain circumstances. I'm... I just, I've never done it, you know? And I, I'm very particular about, because I, 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 I can't hear well, is the yeah. thing. And if somebody talks during a line of dialogue that I want to hear... I'm probably not going to be a happy camper. Yeah. I. It would be a very specific kind of thing. Um, there was a, a couple really funny jokes. And it I, was I, very yeah. funny. I, I love watch parties for movies that I've seen before, like the the face-off. Yes, the face-off. Watch party we Oh, had. the shit face-off? Yeah, the shit face where we could barely hear the movie at all, but like... <laughs> That was still very enjoyable. So this is something I maybe want to bring to the podcast and maybe bring to you, my podcast co-host. Would you be interested in reinstituting the shit-faced-off? What does reinstituting mean? We only did it once. Yes, but it could be a tradition. What? Not necessarily once a year, but every once in a while. Yeah, sure. Because honestly, I... Still don't know what that movie is about. That's totally fair. So the shit-faced off for anyone listening to this, and I recommend that you actually engage in this yourself, because it is... I don't know that I've ever been to a more fun party. I will say that was probably the one time in my life where I should not have driven home. You know, that's pretty much exactly what I said. Very fun party. Uh, you should not have driven home. I'm taking that much more seriously now. Yeah, no, honestly... If there were moments when I was, like, waiting on a stoplight where I was like, did I just fall asleep? Oh, no. It was honestly probably the most drunk I've been while driving. I guess I'm I'm, ash I'm very ashamed to admit it, but I should have not driven home that night. There are maybe four, three or four times in my life where I've thought that, and I'm ashamed of it and remember them to this day. I'm sorry that the shit faced off caused that for and, you. Well, it wasn't that. It was just I didn't really gauge the the tempo of the party. Mm -hmm. And like I, and then all of a sudden it was over. Yes. I've been there. And though all, pretty much every time that I've been in that situation, that's been the case. Yeah. Is I do not judge the party well and then it ends and I'm like, I'm really drunk. Yeah. Great. Uh, but anyone out there who wants to institute the shit faced off, you need three things. You need the movie Face Off by John Woo, starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Great cast, great director. Phenomenal cast, phenomenal director. Kind of problematic now with a lot of the stuff in it, but it's an amazing movie. Well, Face Off is phenomenal. I know we say this to excuse a lot of things, but it is very much a product of its time. It's a product of its time, and also it's made to make a really creepy character seem very gross, and so it's not all not at all acceptable behavior. I mean, it, it succeeds. And the second thing you need is friends. <laughs> just reminded, I just remembered a line. Oh yes, how's your dead son? <laughs> oh, oh my god! I'm sorry. Uh, you mean the second best line next to "I need to go use the little boy's pee pee room." <laughs> Yes. 
How's your dead son? How's your dead son? Uh, face this o- movie is phenomenal. Uh, face Off is very good. The second thing you need is amicable friends or the company of yourself. Because I don't think the shit Faced Off has to have other people. Uh, in our experience, it was... It benefited people because there are people at this party who wanted to see Face Off. And it started because I wanted to show these people Face Off so badly that it became mythical, my hounding of them to watch Face Off, and then it became a party. And the third thing you need is drugs and alcohol, or if you don't do that, just whatever you people do. Drugs? There were drugs. Oh, I had no idea. It's fine. It's fine. They weren't hard drugs. No judgment here, I just... It's you know how some people have facial blindness. <laughs> yes, I have drug blindness. Drug where blindness. I, I legitimately i I have just recently because I, like I went to ACL Fest and I just recently was able to say, oh, I smell, I smell <laughs> marijuana here. Yeah, uh, you can do that pretty much anytime if you go to Sixth Street. Yeah, really? Oh, people just light up on Sixth Street. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, like crazy. Oh, uh, once you start doing it, you start noticing it. I guess. Uh, but so, no, we but should do a face-off. We should definitely bring back shit face-off. Shit face-off. And, I, you know, I, I agree with your rule about amicable friends. But if you have any comedian friends, throw them in, too. <laughs> yeah, if you have... The comedian friends are what I like to call an X-factor. In yeah. that they are cantankerous, uh, get drunk easily because they hate their lives. They've got good jokes and they don't want to leave your apartment. Oh, man. I, I miss the late nights staying up at bars... Drinking with our, our comedian friends and just like, wow, we just hate everything that's going on right now. Uh, being in Austin, I am significantly less involved with a comedy community. Um, but it's also allowed me to diagnose that I used to maybe have a drinking problem as a coping mechanism. Yeah, probably me too. Comedy does that. Drinking and eating. I had a real, like, bacon cheese fry <laughs> problem and where we used to live. I mean, comedy does drive you towards certain kinds of self-destructive behavior. It's, drinking's not always self-destructive. We're drinking right now. Yeah, we're is drinking right now. For, are, we part, are we the problem? So the thing is, um, I, I was looking at this recently because I'm trying to uh, not like lose weight, but just be healthier. Yeah. And uh, something that I was reading was like, hey, if you're drinking, try not to drink more than like two to four drinks in the evening. And I was like, that sounds totally reasonable. And then I thought back to what I did in college and shortly after college. I was like, that was like every night I would have four plus drinks. I would be drunk multiple times a week. It It, it it, it, It grew out of social engagements. Like it it started to become like we would drink for podcasting yeah which for that podcast that we used to do probably wasn't the best no it felt good recording but then listening back i was like oh oh no and we're putting (laughs) this out to people yeah the real problem with drinking a lot while recording that podcast is it was something that was uh representative of an art that we care a lot about and listening back to it i was like oh no this is the worst representation of this art yeah. Oh boy. I haven't listened lately, but they still put out episodes. They, they still do put out episodes. Have we officially plugged them on the podcast? We, once or twice, yeah. Oh, we can say their name. We said catch us on Podcast Party. Podcast Party. Hardy Action Theater Hardy Podcast Action Theater Party. Party. Par- 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 so go back in the archive, listen to the episodes we were on where I got 
uh, belligerently drunk. I do not remember... All of my characters were Southern. There was an episode where at the very end we took like a break and I came back and I did improv recorded to history while I was not drunk but I was uh, inebriated in other ways. Very bad improv. I really hated it. Really hated listening back to that. That must have not happened at my apartment. It did. It absolutely did. Oh, wow. You have drug blindness. It's okay. I do. Like, bad drug blindness. This happened... Oh, whatever. I don't care. No, it it wasn't good Uh, improv. All I did was laugh. Anyway, let's move from our sad, depressing lives of the past... To our sad, depressing lives of the present. Well, I was going to say to the the star-filled sky... Of the really distant, far away past. Oh, wait, can I do two things before we... Can I do one thing before we do that? You can do two things. I wanted to do two things, but they're both joke bits, so I'm only going to do one. Uh, So I want us each to name uh, three mottos of the Iron Islanders from Game of Thrones. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to start first. The Iron Islanders, you know, they're a hard people. They fight for everything... And anything that is won must be won by gristle and steel and muscle, which is why the Iron Islanders fly the banner of the horned octopus, and under it says, Get hard, stay hard. Well, you took what I was going to say. Yeah, the Iron Islanders, you know, they pay the iron price, I've heard, which is they take from their kills... So they the, their their house words, of course, everybody knows, and they're renowned throughout the Seven Kingdoms. It's stab and take, <laughs> stab and take. Now they're a very seafaring people, probably the most seafaring, other than the mercenaries in Dorne. No, why would the mercenaries in Dorne? One, there are no the, mercenaries in Dorne. The Golden Company, yes. they're made up, right? No, no they're, they're not. not. Made up. The Golden Company, they come from Easteros. Oh. Easteros. Yes, is that what it's called? There's Westeros, and then there's there's Bravos, the Free Islands, and there's a whole continent. They never really call it. Is East- Dorne there? Dorne is the very southern tip oh, of Westeros. Right, you're right. So they're. Uh, I they're, am a huge fucking nerd. They ride a lot of boats, is what I'm saying. And the thing is, they like to consider. It might be pronounced Esteros. They like to consider. Their uh, their ships part of themselves, and when their legs are on the ship, they all say in unison, "Ship my pants." The ship is my pants. I shipped my pants. Yep. Yeah. All right. That just happened. Does that count for three? One, two, three. <laughs> you know, us? I feel like it's really run it run its course. So you could probably just take us home with one more. <laughs> all right. Well. All right, so the Greyjoys—they've—they've they've ruled over the Iron Islands for near five. Theon, yeah, Theon and Euron and and Great Baleron, Greyjoy. They all ended on, and so it you know, even and, his sister. No, that's uh, Aisha. Oh, Aisha, Osha, Oceans. So anyway, what's so the they're what's all the fake guy in the show? Who his brother or whatever. He's like, I'm a pirate. <laughs> That's Euron Greyjoy, Euron and they, Greyjoy. they they bastardized his character. For, they really it's do. actually the saddest part of the show as current, because he's supposed to have purple hair, he's supposed to be missing an eye, 
He has a mute crew, but he's supposed to have all these mystical artifacts and wizards and shit. And he just wants to fuck a queen in the show. He's just Spoilers. kind of Jack Sparrow. Anyway, so they're all, they all end in on, and we all know they're very hard people. <laughs> they're very, I have no idea where this could possibly be. <laughs> they're very hard people. They're hard people. And so I want you to welcome the newest Greyjoy King. <laughs> Hard on. That's the joke. Hard on Greyjoy? Hard on Greyjoy. Uh, Why is that funny? No one even calls them hard ons anymore. Like, no one. That's like a 60s thing. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for my belabored bit. The star filled sky of the past. Of, of the very distant past. Now, I don't know if you have you ever heard of a, a series of movies, of films, cinematic history. Uh, called Star War. I said earlier that I may have heard of it. I'm actually the world's biggest fan and chief historian. Alright, cool. So you know that Star Wars Celebration 2019 happened this past week. A I, week a week ago. That doesn't make any sense. It's not even close to May 4th. It's not, which I thought was a really missed opportunity. But they had it in Chicago... Oh, the most Star Wars city. Yeah, the most Star Wars city, Chicago. You, you ever been to Chicago and seen that giant, silvery, bean-shaped moisture evaporator? I uh, I ate some deep-dish pizza. Oh, you mean deep-dish lights? <laughs> <laughs> That's the dumbest, <laughs> dumbest fucking joke. Uh, so they, they had this, this whole convention. Everyone loves Star Wars, and so they had all the news. Have you heard some of the news? Uh, trailer for episode 9. And they released the title for episode 9. The Rise of... Well, oh, hold hold okay. on. Don't, don't spoil it. But I, for those of you who follow our, our Twitter, you might have picked up that I was teasing <laughs> that I knew the title first. Mm -hmm. And I had this bit where J.J. Abrams was going to walk up to the, to the mic, say, I'm calling it Starn Wars... <laughs> And then drop the mic and walk off. And that was the whole conference. And you want to tell them the real name of Episode 9? Yes. Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker. And I know we've already talked about it between the two of us. But is Star Wars a better title than The Rise of Skywalker? Uh, so it's really interesting that J.J. Abrams has been at the helm of two of the most fucking fan fiction ass titles for Star Wars movies in history, because he's got the Force Unleashed. No, wait, no, that's a video game. No, what is the the Force Awakens? The Force Awakens, because the Force Unleashed was actually better. Uh, no, well, it, was it did not. feature a protagonist called Stark. <laughs> it did. Wait, no, Star Killer? Star Killer. But that's also the name of the base in Force Awakens. Eh. But wait, both Bruce Wayne and <laughs> Superman's moms are named Martha. <laughs> so, uh, the, the Force fun. Awakens. Yeah. Uh, almost as bad as The Force Unleashed. Uh, but no, The Force Awakens, terrible name. Ho completely horrible name. And didn't tie in at all to the movie. The Force didn't do shit. The Force did not do shit. And then uh, you have, followed by that, the Ryan Johnson flick, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Which Phenomenal title. Good. Ties into the actual plot of the movie. L makes you interested in what's going to happen in the movie. And 
succinctly in a three-word subtitle describes the plot of the movie in its entirety from at least two different angles. Yeah. It was succinct. It, it was catchy. It was all the right things. And now you've got... Can but, we talk about how genius The Last Jedi is? We did. It, it's we, talk, we, we've it's covered talking it. about the end of the Jedi line, yeah, yeah. but it's also talking about... Oh, Jesus Christ. That how there's one Jedi left. But it was also talking about, in the past, how The Last Jedi were Luke and Kylo Ren. So it's a story... It is a subtitle that describes what happens in the past, what happens in the present, and what happens in the future. That's pretty great. It's so good. That should have been in our supplemental reading, instead of just gushing over it like <laughs> fanboys. Instead, we could have gushed over the title, like fanboys. Yeah. Uh, but we'll now a supplemental reading for the title coming soon. And now J.J. Abrams is uh, at the helm of The Rise of Skywalker, which, can we have like a quick sidebar? What's that? That means Ray's like a Skywalker, right? That means Ray's like related to well, Luke. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Because that's immediately people are like, well, way to put the spoiler in the title. But there's multiple things that could be going on. Uh, for instance, oh, foam. Uh, f- for instance, the rise of it's the rise of Skywalker, and the entire saga kind of was about Skywalker and away from Anakin to Luke. And I don't think it includes Ray, unless he's going to retcon what Ben Solo said, which is fine because that could have come from a place of manipulation or lie. The problem is they talked to J.J. Abrams about it, and he said that no one knows what Kylo Ren truly meant. Well, well I, I, it, so... it could come from a place of manipulation or lie, which I could buy. However, my theory is that... Because I don't know if you watched the trailer. I heard the trailer. I don't watch them, but my, my, my dear wife, my beloved wife, watched the trailer next to me in bed, so I heard it. And during the trailer, a certain laugh... You could hear a certain laugh, a very iconic laugh. The laugh of the Emperor, mm-hmm. uh, of Darth Sidious. Emperor Palpatine. That, his other name, also known as the Senate. And what... <laughs> his, his name is Emperor, open quote, the Senate, close quote, Palpatine. It's one of my favorite <laughs> jokes because he has a line, I think, and it must be in Revenge of the Sith where he goes, I am the Senate. <laughs> and so that, and, what's his first name? I have no idea. Carlos the Senate Palpatine. <laughs> anyway, so we heard that laugh. And it it came... Wait, hold on. I'm imagining him coming out in like a WWE wrestler intro. And the little Chiron goes, Carlos, the Senate. And he's got like a a big thing on on the big screen that's like, the Senate. And he's coming out to fucking Bruno Mars or whatever. And like in interviews, like what? It was my nickname in college. The Senate. (laughs) Yes, Carlos the Senate Palpatine's laugh is heard right either before or during the, the the line that Luke said in the last movie, no one's ever really gone. So what if Emperor Palpatine cloned Darth Vader, a.k.a. Anakin Skywalker? Okay. And the rise of Skywalker is about a clone Skywalker that they have to take down. Now, isn't that... Just the dumbest thing I've ever That's, said on the it's podcast. A, it's a really interesting theory, and um, it 
So, uh, the good things about it first, number one, it makes me want to blow my brains out. Nice. <laughs> that means JJ's considering it. Yeah, JJ's definitely considering it. Um, I, I want to make this perfectly clear for the podcast. I love Star Wars more than almost any fictional universe. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, have been forever. I adore Star Wars. Have not watched the trailer and have not made any moves to because <laughs> oh, I... Oh, sorry. I, I might have spoiled something. I don't exactly. care about the trailer because I'm so... From everything that J.J. Abrams has said and from the fact that big studios pretty much without exception will cave to pressure when it comes to creative vision, I'm so not excited for this movie. I'm really anticipating the worst. That might, that kind of affects what I wanted to talk about because I, I, I know a few things and I thought you might know everything because I knew you liked Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Was it about the trailer specifically? Not the trailer specifically, but details that have come out. I might know some. So J.J. Abrams has said that this isn't going to pick up right after The Last Jedi. There's mm-hmm. going to be a time skip. Yes. Which I think, because The Last Jedi was the first movie to ever do that, to ever do this is happening right after. Mm-hmm. All of the other movies have time, significant yes. time skips of a couple of years to like, well, not decades, but within a couple of years. Yeah, or, or I mean, even in the case of like, if you take Phantom Menace versus Attack of the Clones, significant time skips. Well, yeah, because yeah, the little boy becomes a little man. Yeah, that's a skip of what, like 10 years? Yeah, so, so in one case, maybe decades. And if you say like from... <laughs> Return of the Jedi to Phantom Menace, I guess, negative. <laughs> or if we're going chronologically from Revenge of the Sith to... A New Hope. To A New Hope. That that's, is that's decades. That's a couple of decades. That's, that's a couple of decades at least. And in between Return of the Jedi to Force Awakens, that's a couple of... All right, so... Decent time skips. Decent time skips. So I kind of... Okay, we're going back to form is what I think we're doing with The Rise of Skywalker... A time skip, a lot of unexplained things are going to happen. Skywalker, the rise of Skywalker could also refer to this, the teachings of Luke Skywalker, maybe taking a hold in Ben Solo. Mm-hmm. But I've heard from a co-worker that there's an image of Ben Solo putting his helmet back together. Great. So the cool thing about The Last Jedi... Was so I, it's kind of it's barely near close to my heart as one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Uh, it's definitely one of the best Star Wars movies. I think it's probably like number three. Yeah. Okay. So let's do this. Okay. Empire Strikes Back is absolutely the best Star Wars movie ever made. Stands alone. Revenge of the S- incorrect. Fast and Furious. Five. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I I think that. If you if you want to rank it, which is a meaningless exercise, Empire Strikes Back is the most filmically interesting story, stands almost entirely on its own, and gives us some of the most iconic moments in filmmaking history. It also look it. Everyone always says it's the best one. It's because that's the one where like, oh, we got to make more, and we got to make the shit make sense. Yeah, and so everything is done very purposefully, 
And that's why it's so good. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of really smart people came together to fix something that didn't make any sense. Exactly. Uh, which is why number two is A New Hope, because it's an, a miracle that that movie was made. It is a technical achievement. And it was saved in the editing bay. It was saved in the editing bay. It is, uh, it's a phenomenal movie for what it is. Uh, it's a testament to like guerrilla filmmaking. Really glad that A New Hope exists. And then it's got to be like The Last Jedi. Okay. For real, because, like... <sighs> Revenge of the Sith, for me, is a very nostalgic thing. Because it was one of the first Star Wars movies I saw that I... It came at the right point in my, like, upbringing where it's like, I now care about storytelling. Yeah. And it was a well-told story for the most part. No, I think that uh, Revenge of the Sith is definitely in the Would top, like... Four? It's in the top, like, 50%. Would you put it, like, fourth? No, I'd probably go... Fifth? I'd probably go Jedi for fifth, probably. Well, no. I'm not, I'm not That's tough because Jedi had a lot of problems that carried through to Phantom Menace. I'd probably put Revenge of the Sith at four. I, I think that's and fair. And then Jedi five and then Dealer's Choice for the last few because those don't really matter. Rogue One and Solo do not fit in that list. They don't count. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, I'm very sad about the rise of Skywalker because I wish they had given the reins to Ryan Johnson for number three. I wish they hadn't given him the middle one because his his mission statement of I want to burn it all down so we can start again would have been so much better suited to the end of Star Wars. What? Okay, I, I see where you're coming from and I can agree to a degree. But also, if you take this last movie as the... This is going to be the bow on this nine-movie series that, that will wrap up the Skywalker story. Mm-hmm. Then maybe, as much as I do not like J.J. Abrams' version of storytelling where he just puts in little mystery boxes that he doesn't have the answer to, mm-hmm. that maybe one day he will answer. I hate that about him. But Ryan Johnson killed all of those mystery boxes. There are no more mysteries. Yeah. So And that freed up J.J. Abram for this movie. So I, I want to be optimistic. Because I, I know I'm going to see it regardless. And I know this is going to stand as the canon end to this this near 50-year story. Yeah. It, this is the end. Because yeah, this there is, will be additional Star Wars movies. There will be. But episode 9 is the end of the story that we know. This is the end of the original family. Like, this would be like, God forbid, like, the queen dies and there's no heir. Like, this is the end of the royal Star Wars family. Mm-hmm. And I think, no matter what, I want to like it. Like, I... Yeah. It, it, it's kind of like clinging to the last straw, being desperate... I I want it to be good. I mean, the thing is, like, The Force Awakens isn't openly insulting like The Phantom Menace was. The Force Awakens has problems, but it's a totally workable Star Wars movie. The Force Awakens' major flaw is that it, it, it's a new hope remade. And yeah. That's a fucking problem. Because it's, it's just... J.J. Abrams is... He plays it very safe because he does the two things that Hollywood knows will, like, make people like aroused for a movie because he's like activate nostalgia create mystery and those are the two things he does and that's fine uh but i I feel like the force awakens it's not the worst star wars movie it's fine i feel like he's probably going to do a fine end to this Mm -hmm. but you also have to look at the fact that i think that jj abrams or at least the people behind 
this movie do have an eye deep within themselves for like meaningful visual storytelling and meaningful visual storytelling is all star wars has ever been about yeah pretty much uh so if you look at the trailer there is a moment you haven't seen it i have seen all of the stills from it Uh, it's very funny all right Uh, so look at the trailer because i i haven't seen any stills if you look at the trailer there is a fairly impeccable moment where you see ray it's indistinguishably ray it's ray's hand outfit and she's holding luke's lightsaber next to han's blaster on her hip and it is a perfect encapsulation of the end of all of these characters which is ray is the end ray has the tools of luke skywalker she has the tools of han solo and she is the last character we have to care about so luke skywalker and han solo were leading up to ray you don't like finn I mean, Finn's good. You know, like Poe Dameron? Poe Dameron's great. But we don't have to care about him? No, we do have to care about them. I'm just saying that this still proves that they have an eye for visual storytelling, which is important. Uh, no, yeah, I think... Yeah, J.J. Nails visuals. That's I like, think that Poe Dameron's great. Poe Dameron is at the uh, helm in the second film of uh, maybe the most classic or at least recent example of people totally misunderstanding dramatic irony and character knowledge uh because poe dameron has that huge coup against uh captain what's her name holdo commander holdo i thought she was an admiral admiral holdo uh she might not be an admiral please don't and, and people say what a ridiculous thing that is but it's only because it's it's shot from a a specific perspective to show that in this particular circumstance, the like bravado of a Han Solo does not fit because people are moving at a scope that cannot be imagined by someone who is like a frontline soldier who does not necessarily deserve privileged information. He's a pilot. Yeah. So people assume that he's in the right because of typical Western storytelling traditions. It's like, no, the person who was promoted to admiral in the resistance, who is exceptionally skilled and intelligent happen to know more than someone who's just a fucking pilot i mean there's a bias in storytelling where we side with a perspective character like we have a character's perspective we want to root for them we want them to be right and so often more often than not they are right yeah we're not used to following a perspective that is wrong that's a really good thing about game of thrones a lot like that's a spoiler but like we're in ned's perspective yeah for a lot of moments that you, you think, oh, things are going well, and then suddenly we are not in his perspective, we are in Arya's perspective for a very culminative moment. Yeah. Where you realize when you play with perspective, when you when when you, if you really want to dive into good storytelling, you have to mess with our preconceived notions of storytelling, or just because we're in a perspective of, of a protagonist. That should not mean they're always right. The best characters are flawed characters. The best characters have have huge character flaws. And Poe Dameron's is that he believes fighting and action and like doing things right away, doing the first thing you think of, trying to infiltrate and all this is is the right action. Because we don't have Holdo's perspective of I've got to care. F- I, I've got to make sure all of these people on board of this ship come out safe. Yeah. And so that means we can't attack. Attacking is wrong right now. 
We're just trying to get away. I really feel like the... I feel like Ryan Johnson, it has to have been... I mean, obviously it was intentional, but I feel like even in the characterization of Holdo, that choice of of defying audience perspective was completely intentional and that Holdo is shown to be empathetic, glad-handing, slow to move, slow to speak, slow to act, colorful hair, older women, older woman. So you portray her in every light that will make your typical like male American audience be like, oh, this person's ineffectual. And then the turn of the movie is, oh, this person's incredibly intelligent, had a plan the whole time, and Poe Dameron, the, like, super hunky dude, has been operating in deference to this to everyone's uh, detriment. Oh, de- detriment. Yeah, like, everyone everyone is lessened for his weird, like, coup plan because she had a plan all along. So, so here, here's where I think the conversation goes. The Last Jedi will probably go down in the series as maybe the smartest Star Wars film. Depends on who you ask, because a lot of people still genuinely hate that movie. I, I don't want to get into it, because I've had multiple conversations with a mutual friend, friend of the podcast, Jeff, uh, who has certain theories about that, that movie. Wait, does Jeff not like it? No, Jeff loves it. Okay, good. Jeff loves it, but... He, I was going to say, if funny. he didn't like it, we should have him back on the podcast. In our conversations, he's like, wait, does John not like it? So I don't portray you two in a good light, apparently. Oh. But he's got theories about what people who don't like that movie, what that says about them. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to get into that. So I think maybe The Last Jedi comes off as maybe the more intellectual, more literary Star Wars. And all I can hope for The Last Jedi is... I want it to be... An the end- Rise of Skywalker. Or, wait, no, you're talking in no, the present, no, the no, future no. perceptions of The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. What I want The Rise of Skywalker to be is an entertaining end. I want it to be more akin to a solo where I can kind of turn my brain off and just say, like, this is the end. I accept this. Please do not just... Put a different skin on Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I I have so like as much as people hate the Last Jedi for their reasons. I I apt I the Force Awakens to me is the worst Star Wars film. It, it to me it's a slap in the face. And my father, who I don't typically go to him for movie critique, my father said, "Oh." They just remade, remade the original. Yeah. Why would I pay money for this? This is dumb. Yeah. I, and also, I well, really gutsy of them if they do re, if they do remake Jedi because then there would be Ewoks. Well, the Porgs come back. The Porgs. The, the Porgs, Porgs defeat Walkers. Oh. It's all on a forest planet. The prophecy has been foretold. I. It's almost better, I think, that Ryan Johnson did not get the helm of a third Star Wars movie. Because Ryan Johnson loves Star Wars, which comes through in The Last Jedi. If he had made the last one, he would have ended it on a bummer, and people would have hated him for it. No, see, like, the trailer came out during Star Wars Celebration 2019 in Chicago, and the trailer was released, of course, worldwide on the internet. And Ryan Johnson's response on Twitter was all caps, Yes, I love this. This is great. 
Yes. <laughs> like, like, and the, like, article, of course, the BuzzFeed of the world picked up on it. It's like, oh yeah, The Last Jedi director, uh, has a really positive response to this new trailer. And like, of course he does. Because he loves Star Wars. Yeah, he- and that, that, it came through in The Last Jedi. And so many people missed the goddamn point. I was having an argument just this day of a coworker. The political climate shifted mm-hmm. between The Force Awakens, which came out in 2015, and The Last Jedi, which came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. It shifted tremendously. It shifted so much that the same people who loved The Force Awakens disliked The Last Jedi for having the same characters. Yes. And, and that's, I think that's really the problem, is that people didn't like The Last Jedi for featuring the same characters mm-hmm. as The Force Awakens. And I don't want to get any more into that, but all of the Star Wars fatigue talk that even like Mark Hamill is talking about now really comes down to people don't like seeing certain people in lead roles of major films, and that's a problem. At a certain point... um, Sexists and racists got a platform. Exactly. And it really came out in The Last Jedi. And and Solo suffered for it. It's a mediocre film at best, but it didn't deserve to bomb at the box office. No, I, I absolutely think that uh, the most of the genuine dislike of The Last Jedi comes from a bigoted place. And that so you and Jeff and me all think alike, but I don't want to get into it No, for obvious reasons. There's, there's no reason to get into it. If you have a genuine critique of The Last Jedi that is based on how it is as art versus how it represents certain people. Yeah. I, I've, I've got problems with that movie, for sure. Like, I think the Canto Bite sections of the, the Casino Planet sections of the film are not as fleshed out as they should be. Mm-hmm. They don't raise as, as much... They don't resonate with Finn as much as it should for what he does later in the film. Yeah. And so it's got a weakness. It's got weaknesses. I, I, I and we can't rehash it, really. But like there there are certain things that don't play into that film's general theme, which its theme is so so strong. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't do everything. But it's like a two and a half hour movie, so how could it? Exactly. Uh but no, racists and sexists hate The Last Jedi. <laughs> they do. Uh, they absolutely do. Uh, and they, uh, I'm gonna take a, a brave stance on the podcast and say those people can fucking eat it. Yeah. Uh, if, if the reason why you don't like things is because of, like, weird, bigoted beliefs you have, fuck off. Like, the most, wait, what if we have, like, one listener and they're, like, a big, huge bigot? Well, then I'm sorry. Well, we're gonna have zero listeners. Fuck off, Ted. Well, actually, Jeff listens. Is he like a bigot? No, what? No, <laughs> no. I, I, Jeff listens. He likes their podcast. So does okay. my wife. Anyway, they're not bigots. Okay. But, so I was going to ask about your wife. I was going to say the most disappointing thing about Fen is that I wanted more. I, I love the stormtroopers for some reason. I love the aesthetic. I love. I love like that they're not clones and they're not. Well, they are brainwashed to a degree, I guess. But I wanted more of a stormtrooper perspective mm-hmm. rather than him freaking out in the first battle and running away. Yeah. I, I thought we were going to get like a two-sided story where like Finn is like in the stormtroopers and maybe trying to change things. Yeah. I get why you can't do that because in the end, Star Wars is a good versus evil story and you can't really have that moral gray 
area in a story like this. Yeah. But that's where my disappointment for the character, you know, that's where it comes from. I like what they did with him. The the Force Awakens, to be fair, in uh, when I watched it the first time, it made me genuinely excited that the idea that uh, here's all I want, all I've ever wanted from Star Wars since yeah. day one as a child is I want to see a fucking stormtrooper with a lightsaber. And I thought for a second yeah. Finn was going to be in full stormtrooper armor with a lightsaber and he'd be like taught how to use it somehow, I guess. And I was so excited for that. But that's bad and doesn't tell Appar- the story apparently properly. Apparently you don't have to be fucking force sensitive to use a lightsaber like I always thought. You don't have to turn it on. You're bad at it. But you can turn it on. So if you are trained just like in any sword-based object, which I guess there aren't many in the Star Wars universe, but if you were theoretically trained in any sword-based combat, well, General Grievous. You could be this fucking good at lightsaber shit. Yeah, lightsaber Without being Force-sensitive. So the... That's bullshit. The... From what I understand from my limited reading, extensive reading of the extended universe, lightsabers are tricky for non-Force people to use because the weighting's all wrong because the blade weighs nothing. Oh. So typically it requires like a certain inner peace and total control over your body and understanding of your surroundings to use a lightsaber effectively, which is why General Grievous was good at them because he was a robot. Yeah. So, so, so uh, General Leia Ortega, who she is force sensitive. We've seen that time and time again. She'd be okay with a lightsaber. Organa, not Ortega. Who's Ortega? I have no idea. You said Leia Ortega. I did. Who's Ortega? Uh, it's like a taco sauce? Is that just a Spanish last name? I think it's just a Spanish <laughs> last name. Organa. Yes. <laughs> Leia Ortega. She's not Hispanic? No. This whole time. Unfortunately not. This However, whole time. I no, thought she was Hispanic. What, if it, what is it? Chancellor Organa in the first three? He's, his actor is Hispanic. Yeah. Like Lou Diamond Phillips or something. No, it's that not is, Lou Diamond that Phillips. That is a Native American man. <laughs> you just named a Native American man. He's brilliant. What is the name of that show? And Longmire. Okay. Super good in Longmire. You just named a Native American. This is the second time I've misraced someone on this podcast. Lou Diamond Phillips, you think? I was, I'm moving I on. was kidding. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, okay. Listen, Kumail Nanjiani. <laughs> That is a Pakistani man. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is he Pakistani? He is. Yeah. I mean, Pakistani? Pakistani. Wow, look who's the he racist. He speaks Urdu. Look who's the I racist. I want to be his now. friend. Anyway. He's blowing up right now. As a star. Please don't read into that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's going to be in three movies. He's in a He's in a, He's in in a. a Twilight Zone episode with Jordan Peele. Well, we Jordan, sh- Jordan Peele does the... We should watch that show. What were you saying with Leia Organa? Ah. Jesus Christ. Oh, she would be good with a lightsaber because she's force sensitive. Yeah, she would be. Probably okay. if she was trained. There's so, a certain amount of training you have to go through. Is there room... Here's my real question. The whole qu- reason I brought up Star Wars The Last Rise of Jedi. Um, I don't even know what time we started. Are we way over? No, we just got to wrap up soon. We're going to wrap up soon. So in the, in the Rise of Skywalker, is there room... For a a, a, a a Phantom Menace battle droid, you know, you know the droids, Roger, 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 Roger. Is there room for one of them to have survived eons uh-huh. to be a main? I love them so to be a main character. I don't. Okay, 
So there's going to be a standoff in the desert, and then let Ray. I was going to say Raya. Raya. Uh, Ray activates Luke's lightsaber with Han's blaster, raises it. Camera dramatically pans to her opponent, and a then droid. it is a droid with two lightsabers. Two lightsabers. <laughs> I play. I saw. It, I bought recently. I bought Battlefront Two, and my favorite, absolute favorite thing is to play as the little standard droids with. That's so good. There's, there's. If so I good. had the option to just play as as a droid, I would. They're one of the strongest designs. They're just like Roger, 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 Roger. They're so good. Oh. They're so Fuck good. stormtroopers, man. You know Droids. what a good Star Wars trailer is? Jedi Fallen Order. The Jedi Fallen Order. Did you watch that trailer? I did watch that trailer because it's for a video game. It's really good. It makes me... I am more excited for Star Wars Fallen Order than I am for the new Star Wars movie. Because that trailer, tremendously well cut. It's got Spider-Man in it. And it... What? Tom Holland plays the main character. I really like Tom Holland as a human person. Yeah, Tom Holland is scanned for and performs the main character. So Tom Holland's in a Star Wars movie. And also it makes me believe, until the very end with the lightsaber, that the majority of this game will be, you are someone who is Force-sensitive but does not necessarily use a lightsaber, which is a really cool idea. That's cool if like you could guide your shots... With a blaster. Yeah, or you like force push, pull, you still shoot. Like you're still a soldier, but you know how to use the force. The force does not get enough play in media because it's always lightsabers. But the force is a very cool concept. Well, it got a lot of good play in like Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, in video games. Well, here's the thing about that trailer. You're very excited for it, I can tell. There was no gameplay. Yeah, that's fine. No. That's fine. See, I don't know if you know this about me. I don't know if the, the our fans know this about me. I'm what they call a gamer. Oh, so you like hate women. I, no, I'm a gamer. <laughs> uh-huh. So I need to see some gameplay or no pre-order. Oh, uh, well, I'm what you like to call a, a casual, which means... I, fuck, no, fuck. You don't get means, to, you don't get to talk. I love all people of all you races, You don't colors, get to talk anymore. Blah, blah, genders. blah. I'm accepting of mm. other things. I have Turtle Beach headphones. Oh, okay. Does that mean you really care about historical accuracy, but only when it marginalizes women and minorities? If you have a metal arm <laughs> in World War... I don't, I don't like this gamer bit anymore. <laughs> yeah. The gamer bit gets scary. Oh, it does so quickly. Like, Poe's Law kicks into effect so quick. You know Pretty what Poe's Law is? The Hitler one? No. No, that's Hitler's Law. I'm sorry. Poe's Law is uh, if you satirize or parody a group, the more you parody them, the closer to just representing their ideals. So it's harder to tell the difference between parody and reality. Yes. Poe's Law. Gamers are... It's a tough one. I I mean, I, I like video games. But let's not get into this. What are we? I can't. I have not been able to read the time, and I don't. We, I don't know when we started. I'm a tremendously good timekeeper because if you notice, I typically am the one who tries to get us to wrap up the podcast because I notice that we've gone for the uh, required hour and five to hour and ten minutes. We, we've been pulling an hour and fifteen for like a year straight. Well, guess what, motherfucker? We're at an hour and forty. Uh, we're actually at about uh, an hour and five, so this might be a shorty. 
Uh, do you want to do a short? I mean, what else could we talk about? There was this uh, thread that uh, got deleted off of the Red Dead Redemption 2 Reddit. Where someone, where someone posted a news, <laughs> someone posted a story saying that uh, like seventy five percent of what we typically consider to be cowboys were either uh, black or Mexican, and a lot of it came out of like Mexican vaguero culture. Yeah, and they were talking about how Red Dead Redemption Two actually has a representation problem because typically people who are African American in Red Dead Redemption Two are like in lesser positions or are the subject of somewhat racially charged storylines and everyone else is white. Uh, and all of the comments were people being like, I don't care about historical accuracy in this game. It's It represents an ideal. Or people are like, that's, cool, who asked? It's just gamers being gamers. But that's dude. really weird because like, honestly, it's really weird. Because you, you rewind the clock not even five years ago and uh, The Witcher 3 came out. And there was a lot of outcries, like, why, there's no representation for mm-hmm. uh, Africans in The Witcher 3. And everyone's like, it's based out of Poland. There were no Africans <laughs> in Poland. Are you insane <laughs> right now? But there were dragons. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's a fantasy realm, so, like, you could literally do whatever you want. And yeah. even, like, the Polish developers were like, uh... We did, we we referred to Polish history. We didn't see any Africans in oh. Poland history, but like that's the complete opposite thing of what you just said. So don't buy Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or whatever. Well, I don't think that if there's no representation in it, I think that's problematic because then you're representing a future world where there is no historical context. Also, if you make a fantasy world, there's no reason not to have representation. Because you could make up anything. It's fantasy, yeah. Yeah, make up anything. You could. I mean, Oblivion and Morrowind and Skywind. What are they called? The Elder Elder Scrolls. Scrolls? Like they do it weirdly, where it's like, oh yeah, there are the Red Guards. Oh no, here's a and no one else. Here is a problem that goes back to like early ages, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, race imparting bonuses to strength or yeah. agility, uh, worrisome. Now, like, yeah, like people want to say, like, <laughs> people. Well, that's another thing about the Witchers. Like, oh, there's no race things in the. Well, but it's like every tiny thing is. You got humans and elves and and, and dwarves. Like, there are races represented in different ways, not specifically the. Well, it's I mean, a really the, complicated subject. In The Witcher 3, there was a potion you could drink that turned Geralt into a Pacific Islander. That's not... <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> there was a big outcry. <laughs> there, yeah, you could brew different potions, but you could never turn into a black person. <laughs> yeah. How? No, that'd be really dumb. I, <laughs> that'd be really weird that'd be exclusionary in the weirdest way you can brew potions that magically turn you into different races but you can't be Chinese that would be the weirdest form of racial exclusion uh, all I can say is I hope like I don't care about excluding like they shouldn't exclude people mm-hmm. in video because it's video games uh, well, yeah, yes. how come no video games are like predominantly like like black people, and then like oh, there's no outcry like where are the whites? Whoa, that's a real where's the white history month problem. No, that's not what I'm saying. Like, 
Why hasn't a game company been like, we're going to make a predominantly black video game? Listen, I'm going to make... I am going to start a video game company. Yeah. And I'm going to make Black Mass Effect. <laughs> black Effect? Like it's well, a black exploitation film version of a video game? It's literally the same story. <laughs> it's literally the same. Everyone who... Every person... Wait, please use the same voice actors. Uh, yeah, no, Mark, but they're doing an impression of the original voice actors. Okay, so you instead of Mark Mir and Jennifer Hale, you'll get, like, would you go famous with it? Would you get, like, Chris Rock and... Well, here's the problem, is, like, you have to go famous with it because, uh, the problem with the kind of cultural parochialism that I live in, and maybe it's just the, the things that I consume, it's very hard for me to name... POC voice actors, but I could name white voice actors all day. You know, that's very true. You know, I mean, Keith David has Keith done David some, some voice. Keith voice David over. in Mass Effect. All voices are Keith David. He was in Mass Effect. He was in Saint Rose. I think four or three. He was in Saints Row one. He was in was Saints he? Row. Yeah, because he's the leader of the Saints. That's really funny. Because like in one of them, he plays himself. He's, oh, he's like, he's credited amazing. as Keith motherfucking David. Amazing. Yeah, he's great. That must be three where you're the president. Yeah. Or four when the earth has exploded. I don't know, dude. Saints Row goes crazy. So Keith David. Keith David is every voice. <laughs> That's a shame that we can only name the one. It really is. That just shows... I can I can name a couple white voice actors who have played black people and has been really bad. That's bad. Yeah, Cam I can, Clark. I can name a lot of, like... POC actors like Yvette Nicole Brown, yeah, and, and Wanda Sykes. Uh huh. You want me to keep going? No, it's unnecessary. Yeah. I, I think that uh, is that tokenism when you. Uh, I hope not. No, I mean I don't think we're engaging in tokenism, uh, but I wonder if like trying to flex knowledge of like how many because oh, I mean the, the issue is like be. representation, not the rep, not the issue is not personal knowledge, but one of actual representation, which is why. Put black people in The Witcher. Well, the, the, the thing that we might be unintentionally engaging in is like, oh, I have a black friend. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, yeah, I could name people of color, voice actors and actors, which that doesn't actually demonstrate anything. Yeah, it's it's actually demonstrating quite the opposite because yeah. you're doing it in deference to what you what most Make. people know is common knowledge. Because the thing that we shouldn't... We should not be proud of, I can name POC yeah. voice actors. We should be proud of... Anyone in society could name some. Yeah. Which is tough. So what we're saying is make Luke Skywalker black. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> make make Geralt black. Make Sorry, Geralt. Henry Cavill. You're being replaced. Make Henry Cavill black. Uh, no! <laughs> no! Maybe, a, maybe a somewhat too far. But I mean, that's the thing that people fight for, right? That's the, that's the reason why All people, saying. people don't understand the efficacy of representation. But representation for the sake of representation has a place to increase cultural knowledge. Yeah. To be on par with what's already been like stayed and established. That's why representation for representation's sake is not a bad thing. And we sh every lead actor role for the next five years, Idris Elba, and then we just move on. Yes. Wait, that's 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 wrong. It's it's. Uh. I mean, it's tough. It's a it's a tough thing to talk about because we are talking from a place of relative ignorance. 
where it's very easy for us to engage in things like racial exceptionalism and tokenism. Camille Nanjiani is going to be... God, I love that little Indian man. <laughs> he's not Indian, you piece I know. of shit. I'm making a joke. Okay, he's going to be in a, in a movie with... Uh, is it Dave Bautista? What is, what's Bautista's yeah, Dave first Bautista. name? Is it Dave? Yeah, David. What a boring name. Uh, Bautista? Bautista's great, but David? Yeah. So he's going to... Camille Nanjiani's going to be in a movie with David? Can I give him a different first name so it's easier for you to say? Is it Dave? It's Dave. Okay, Dave. Camille Nanjiani is going to be in a movie with Dave Bautista called Stuber. Uh-huh. Where Camille Nanjiani plays an Uber driver. That's like the same thing as as casting a, a Middle Eastern man as a taxi driver. It's the modern equivalent. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see that. But I mean, I, I think that ultimately, one thing that we have to defer to is if people of color are choosing certain roles, yeah, there's maybe a certain I good faith assumption yeah. that they're not choosing harmful roles. But I, that's not always a safe assumption to make. If any, though, honestly, like from hearing Camille Nanjiani talk about on certain mediums, podcast, etc., he probably wouldn't just take any role. He wouldn't take harmful roles because he's yeah. spoken out about... Like, uh, Aziz Ansari did a really great episode on Master of None where it's like, could you be more Indian? And he's like, well, no. Yeah. Why would I do that? And Camille Donjani has, has voiced similar things. So he's not, he's he's not going to play it like the stereotype. So he mm-hmm. probably took the role because they were also approaching it from a place... Where they weren't being harmful to the stereotype or anything like that. I just think, like, why can't he play the Dave Bautista role? Why couldn't it be reversed? Yeah, I'd love to see Dave Bautista as an Uber driver. And I mean, ultimately, some of that comes down to... I mean, I don't know who's producing that movie. Unless it's produced by Kamel Nanjiani. uh, Then probably certain certain choices come down to... I think producing it. Certain choices come down to uh, the character and what casting director they choose, which that's something that we have to look at for the conversation of representation for representation's sake, because as long as it's much easier to imagine these roles, it's much easier to cast these roles. Yeah. It's an impossible situation that we're decades away from even getting close to solving. At that point, global warming will have irreversibly changed the planet. Either that or the heat death of the universe sets in. Because Hollywood casting... Like, people get mad about, like, wording and, and media. But, like, if you look at Hollywood casting, like, that is a minefield of... Oh, Hollywood is so racist. Yeah, it is. Hollywood is racist and sexist to the nth degree. And is starting to get a little bit better. But only after it's been forcibly dragged into the light to be better. Like, uh, the craziest stories come out. Like, Olivia Wilde was told to be... You should be more. You should dress more attractive for your auditions. Yep. Olivia Wilde, like, how do you? It just doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's insane. We people can't, we in, can't solve it. We're two white guys on a podcast. No one listens to. People in power need to be replaced with younger people in power who look different than the current people in power do. And that's the theme of the the, the rise of Skywalker. Yes. Uh... Maybe the last... No, not the last. No, kind of. Not. I mean, I guess if you count Holdo, yeah. but then that's really the only example. Yeah, that's true, but Rey's... Just because she has purple so hair. Holdo has purple hair. She did yeah. the hyperspace thing, yeah. the, 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 going the hyperdrive. So and then, Yoda was in one of the movies, and Yoda was like Luke Skywalker's teacher. And who voiced then, Yoda? Uh, Bill Burr. <laughs> Bill Burr? 
Bill Burr. Comedian Bill Burr? Bill Burr voiced Yoda. That is the dumbest thing you've ever... I, that's the second time I'm saying this episode, but that is the dumbest thing you've ever said. It wasn't Frank Oz, surely? The, the puppet guy? Dr. Oz? No, Frank Oz made the puppets, you dumb bitch. <laughs> Can't call me. You hate using that gender I really slur. Do. I thought it would be funny in this instance because we were trying to be woke, but I think because we were trying to be woke, we should probably go to sleep. And end the podcast. And end this podcast. Now, I know that I did the social media last time, I yeah, believe. I think you did. Is your wife home? Well, let's check. Okay. I'm going to stay here. A door was suddenly closed. Oh, no, we've got a wife. We've got a wife. Oh, hello, Jamie. What is I you can't hug t- you, but I will shake your uh, hand. Hello. A, a hand hello. hug. Oh, you yes. have a second Mary Poppins shirt. I love Mary Poppins. She really I loves so Harry, many. Mary, Harry Potter. I love Harry Poppins. <laughs> I want to figure out how we can incorporate Jamie into the podcast to choosing who reads the social media again. Because I think I made you do like an eeny, meeny, miny, mo thing last time, maybe. But I don't know how to do it again. Hmm. We could do like a number guessing game. We could do. We're shifting on the couch. Please excuse us. Excuse this part. Uh, let's see. Oh, is this technically progress. a word from the wife? This is word from the wife. That's me. That's my wife. Hi. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Let's see. I mean, dealer's choice, Jamie. You Who do you want to do the social media podcast? Well, I feel <laughs> like. Outs. Honestly, I feel like Henry has done it. Multiple times yeah, in the past Yeah, but I did the last weeks. time. He did the last oh, time, too. No, if you want to pick I'm me, not caught up, to be fair. <laughs> you have revealed my secret that I'm not caught up with the latest episode. Mm, but it, we also can't just take turns, because that's not interesting enough. Is okay. it not? Okay. I feel like dragging this part out. I'm going to pick one item on our band weather vane ah, jug milk jug we image. have we have described this image in the past to the, to the fans yes i am aware so you're picking one item on this i'm picking one item and then if either of you guess it you pick whether or not you do it <laughs> so right. if you win the game that doesn't mean you have to do it that means you can decide whether or not you want to do it or pass all right okay, okay. um and if neither of you guess it, it's just whoever is closest. 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 In proximity. Okay. okay. I I have picked. You've picked I Rooster. Picked. No trespassing sign. You turn okay. Wait, no. You only get one pick. I, mean, I, <laughs> only said, one. I said Rooster. Um, the item I picked was the bottom right of that set of six bowling ball oh, things. No. So I think technically the no trespassing sign is closer. Is, yep. I choose to do it. Okay, great. I'm going to do the no trespassing social media plugs. Goodbye. Goodbye, wife. Thank you for the word. My job here is done. Her name's Jamie. She's her own person. And if you want to be your own person, you can do so on Twitter.com by tweeting us, and only by tweeting us, at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. And that stands for, of course, John. That stands for zero cats. Perchance can't withhold heavy jugs. And, you know, they got those little arms, so heavy jugs would be hard for them to touch and hold. 
And if you want to explain to us why The Last Jedi is the best movie you've ever seen, you can email us your long-form essay at zero credits as a podcast at gmail.com. And we will respond an enthusiastic picture of us giving a thumbs up. You can see our real-life thumbs. It's a thumb reveal, but only if you email us. We will get that to you within one business week. And we also stream the video games on twitch.tv at twitch.tv slash zero credits. You can see my Risk of Rain run with Jeff. There's some audio issues. Please excuse them, but they're also fun. Risk of Rain 2, very good game. I recommend pick up on Steam. You can find us on Spotify by going to the podcast section of Spotify and looking up zero credit, open parenthesis, S, close parenthesis. That's our branding. That's what we do. We're on Facebook. You can find us on the Facebook search bar. Who the fuck cares? We're on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. I don't know the difference between the two because I'm getting to the point where, like, if you get a new social media, what the fuck is TikTok? Get music.li out of here. But leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or applepodcast.com, whatever the fuck it is. Give us a review. It's the only way we can beat that GCP nation. And lastly, but not leastly, the most important thing you can do, word of the mouth, is the lifeblood of our podcast. It gives us strength. It gives us power. It is the belief we need to use the force like any ancient religion. So you, if you tell two Jedi, that's the only two in the universe. Hopefully they tell a few other people because we need your word of the mouth to survive. That's it. That's all of them. I did it. That was so quick. There's three Jedi. The kid with the broom. The kid with the broom at the end was also a Jedi. He, the broom, he brought the broom. The broom is a the resi- the broom, the resistance is alive with the broom. And from everyone here at the Zero Credits 2 Bath, 2 Bed Studio Apartment, Guest Room Studios, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna write that down one day and really hammer it out. We wanna wish you a forceful week. Is that bad? May the force be with you, and also with you. Catholicism. Rest in peace, Notre Dame Cathedral. In no way should you donate money to the Catholic Church. <laughs> what the fuck? What? <laughs> nah, don't, don't put that in the podcast. Just kidding! I'm editing, and I will. Bye. We said bye, right? No. Fuck.